Hello, my friends, and welcome to the Space Game Junkie Podcast. No fake ad tonight. I don't have the brain for it. Sorry. Uh, uh, what am I saying? Did I just introduce this? My God, I'm out of it. Um, joining us, as always, is your co-host, Jim. I will be expressing my unpopular opinions for the next hour and a half. Verbal shit posting, my friends. No one does it better. Um, no, I'm getting back into games <laughs> journalism. I have to generate controversy where it doesn't exist. <laughs> Got to get that clickbait. Go go away, clickbaiting. Um, <laughs> sorry. That was masterful. <laughs> that was really good. <laughs> Clickbaiter. Also joining us is your co-host, Hunter, as you just heard. <laughs> yeah, you know, I think I've come to realize that when it comes to me and EVE Online, this quote fits perfectly. Just when I thought I was out, they pull me back in. Yeah, so Hunter is, is the guy for which it means vacation. Like, going out of town vacation means I'm going to play <laughs> EVE from a different zip code. <laughs> You've been playing Eve Online like your entire vacation. It's so funny. Like, well, hey, you know what? If I had a gaming laptop and I was in Hawaii, I'd still be playing something. Yeah, because Hunter's like, Hunter's like, oh wow, Google Stadia. I could play games everywhere. I could play Eve on everything. I could play it on my watch. I'm gonna do it. <laughs> it'll be I'll it'll play be it shut- on my refrigerator. It'll it'll be shut down. I'm gonna down start a year. taking the bus to work just so I can play Eve on the bus. <laughs> I'm gonna work. play. I'm gonna play Eve on my Amazon Echo. <laughs> Alexa, <laughs> mine that asteroid. <laughs> Which asteroid right. do you want to mine? Any of them. <laughs> the the big one in the middle. <laughs> also joining us is your co-host Spaz. Hello. Oh, and I'm Brian. I forgot to say my own name. Hi, I'm Brian. Uh, we have a guest this week joining us from Colorado, the president of Wormbite, and uh, the former. Was it, were you the president of NetDevil? Is that your title yeah. there too? Uh, Scott Brown uh, to talk about uh, Warp Nexus, his new game, which is also one of our big news pieces for tonight. We got it's a light week, but we got only two news pieces to talk about. First is this game was announced, Warp Nexus, which we're going to talk about in a second. But n- the other big piece of news that I forgot is that uh, No Man's Sky is getting VR, which. If you like VR, yay, I guess. Um, who, who here cares about VR? Does it, they? I think I, you well, do, Hunter. I've, you do. Yeah, I've got my PSVR. So That's right. Yeah, I forgot. I'm, I'm sorry. You guys care about VR. I forgot Bridge Crew. You guys, you guys were yeah. into VR, and I wasn't. I'm gonna have to get one at some Brian. point. Brian, some point. Well, let's fix that. Once, see, my new video card has a thing specifically made for. VR headsets that haven't been made yet called like virtual link or something. So I'm it's waiting for that. Got that thing called RX on, which isn't a thing yet. either. Hey, Hey, there's a, there's a version of quake two coming out, sir, that uses that. And I'm very, I, for one, Does I, can't, it though? I can't keep it. Does up. I can't, it I can't keep it up. <laughs> I'm sorry. I just got the most expensive video card I could get at the time, so I wouldn't have to upgrade again for a few years. Yeah. Anyway, hi, everybody. We are here to talk about Scott Brown's new space gaming masterpiece, Warp Nexus, which is uh, 
Uh, so when I told people about it, they're like, oh, I was hoping for another jump gate. Well, it's not. I mean, it kind of is, but it kind of isn't. So first off, it's not jump gate to a jump gate evolution or whatever. Get over that. It's not that. <laughs> just get that out of the way. So, Scott, you were just at PAX. Am I remembering that correctly? Just at the big Correct. show. How did you sell this game to the people at PAX? Well, the way I call it, it's it's more of a casual space online title. Um, what what I did was, you know, we're a small team and we were trying to figure out, all right, we're going to do space again. We want to get back in it. What can we do that could stand out? Um, rather than making something that's almost exactly elite or almost star citizen, but, you know, made from a small team, we decided to, like what would be the kind of game we could make that doesn't exist in the marketplace, but still kind of is the game we would want to play. Uh, Ooh, can I answer? Can I? Sure. Elite, but good. You made that. <laughs> Take the good parts of, of all those games and make that. I have I mean, a that's list. Real, that's really what Junk Gate for about five years. Junk Gate was right. Like Junk Gate was elite. Just yeah. elite online. <laughs> it really was like right. sh- it. It shortly it came out shortly after Privateer Online was canceled, and that was going to be the closest thing we had had at the time to any kind of multiplayer elite. And yeah, it was like it. a billion stars short, but it also had like a billion times more content. So <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> anyway, funny how that works. Yeah, yeah the so, good and the bad about procedural. No, and uh, I, I mean content in the Eve Online term right well we know what you're talking the about. new players the content <laughs> Hunter knows. okay that was uh as a as an interesting side piece of news about eve online recently like the, the ceo of ccp did like an ama sort of thing and talked about new players are content and i was like Wait, and, then, and then he what? goes. Then he goes on to. Then he goes on to say that they have like a new player problem. I was like, "Yeah, stop calling them content, bro!" Like, <laughs> dude, have you ever watched the guy stream? He does that, like on his Twitch stream. He'll what? he'll be like, "Oh, I got a I got a torpedo delivery for new content. I see some content over there, and it'll be like a you know." Wait, a he actually goes around and calls these people. Hell content. yes. Oh, Hell sure. yes, he does, oh, and and then sake. so that so you know somebody will be out what? there in their ship that they busted their ass to get like you know how long it takes to get one of those like really good mining ships right and generally sure. like blow your your whole stash of cash on that shit because it's like uh-huh. I'm gonna go out here and get rich so somebody that's dumb enough to go out in Nullsec with a with a shiny ship and doesn't have all their friends with them and he goes in a stealth bomber and he just like drops out a stealth bam hits him with a nuke flies away and then he and he has the balls to send them an email that's like a receipt for their torpedo delivery son of a what that's terrible i'm anyway. not shitting you you have to that's... watch his stream dude it's it's hilarious oh. and but that's eve bro yeah. that's that's exactly the culture that's why it's we're not players we're content anyway uh, so anyway back to warp nexus so where where were we in the description? So you were a small team. You couldn't do something like Elite or Star Citizen. Well, we wanted to do something that was different. Um, you know, 
stuff I care about in games is that I feel like, you know, in a lot of online games, you're doing the same mission that a thousand other people did. And once it's complete, nothing about the world changes. Um, and I, I like games where I'm, I matter and my decisions matter. And the game is based off of, you know, what I do or don't do. Like I want to, I want to play an active role. And so we were trying to figure out a way to do that. And that's kind of where the design started was I, I, I wrote a economy server that's, you know, similar to kind of what Jumpgate was and that it's watching what's on stations and adjusting prices and changing demand. And then it's creating demissions on the fly um, to sort of keep the universe running. But then what we sort of added to that from before was you can also make your own missions and you can either take them yourself or you can post them to give to other people. And if we sort of make a system for all of that, then you should be able to do them, you know, all the actions you could do before in this game space. So escort, pirate, scan, you know, um, transport, whatever the type of role you were trying to do before, we wanted to like have that role exist here as well. Um, and make sure that everything actually was real. Like we're not just making up a mission to take five titanium from station A to B. Like it on that mission only exists if someone actually needs that to happen. Right. And that was a great thing about Jumpgate is that the economy actually moved. It actually mattered. Like if you want this gun made at this station, it needed this commodity. Right. You know, it needed this material to, to actually make it. Or else you weren't getting that gun or that engine, you know. Yep. And is that going to yeah, be which some- is that's Sorry, the God. sort of economy thing that I've been bitching about in specifically Elite, right? <laughs> is is the thing of like there is no logistic economy, so you can't pirate the miner that will then stop the production line, you know, down the down the. It's like you you start killing the miners. And then the store dries up because the factory can't make anything because there's no mineral right. coming in. And and I would love to see that sort of thing back in a game, right? Where where it's like, hey, you know, I, I can actually attack the the supply lines to win the war instead of just like fight head on ship to yeah. ship. How many uh, leaflets can I collect? Oh my god. Yes, the leaflets. Oh god. <laughs> so that I mean that is the that is like the core idea of what we built um what we did differently than before though was to make it instanced instead of persistent um the downside to me of a persistent uh map game is that space is massive and mostly empty and so you spend a lot of time traveling i mean i remember people talking about the books they would read in Jumpgate. (laughs) <laughs> well, they flew in a straight line. And so I was like, well, what if I got rid of that part? And, you know, cause I think the, the idea of like hiding in the asteroids and, and jumping out and attacking someone is sounds really, really fun, but in practice it happens so rarely. It's very, it, it's not as satisfying. Um, or you log in and there's an awesome fight, but it's 45 minutes away and it's 12 jumps away or whatever, and you'll never make it to this cool thing that's going on at the moment. And so my thought was to try to make something instead where I try to basically force the interactions. So, and it's taken a couple 
uh, iterations already to kind of get something, I think, closer. And I'm sure it's going to need some more as we continue to test it. But my idea was anything that's like a secondary mission, so an escort or a pirate like a, that depends on another mission, you basically just queue up that that's what you're interested in doing. And then as other players create missions or the system creates them, it, it checks. It's always looking for other players to join in. And if it finds more players, then we just spin up a server on Amazon. Everybody hops in that match together and you play out that encounter. And then when you're done, you're back on the station. And one side or the other wins or loses, which causes ships to be destroyed, which is the drain on the economy. And so like it all keeps rolling on. And so specific, there, it looks like there's going to be, what, about a dozen or so stations, at least in the uh, early version right now. there's like, a- Yeah, I mean, right now I have about 15. Right. I don't know if that's too many or not enough. Or I mean, we'll, as we start to get some more people in and test some more of that stuff, we'll see pretty quickly. Like, right, right, right now every station makes between, like, three and five things. So, you know, I, you need enough stations so that there's – things to be transported all the time, you know, that there's a constant need for stuff and that's what we're kind of still balancing. Basically. And, and and is it going to be like, kind of like jump gate where a specific station made a specific engine or a specific gun. And if I wanted, if I got blowed up and I lost my engine, I got to go back to that station to get it. Is it going to be kind of like that at all? Or is it going to be a little more? So that's exactly global? it. But, oh, okay. um, you have, you have, you have storage, and your storage is cross station. Oh, nice. And so you might keep oh, four God. or five engines in storage so that you're, it, when you die, you can just grab one and, and equip it. So I, I let you buy or sell things from any station, no matter where you are, and you can craft things on any station. So if the station builds that gun and you have the parts for it, you can just build the gun. Oh, but it has okay. to be built on the station that builds the gun. Um, and I let you do that all from any station, but you can't move things from one station to another without transporting them basically. And then that's where the risk becomes involved. So I can craft the gun remotely, but if I want the gun, I either have to go get it or I make a transport mission to have it brought to where I am. Correct. Or if you're already there, you could have a transport mission created to bring the missing component to that station. And then when they show up, you build the guns or whatever. That's great because I remember in Jumpgate, like there was, I think there were what about a 10, 12 stations in Jumpgate, and I think there was only one station where you could store things. And I got to say that was a pain in the keister. <laughs> so yeah, what, I, I, what I would find to be pretty hot, right, is if you need something transported. So let's say you 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 have your own industry, right, like. Uh, in in Elite, you don't own the space station, but it would have been very possible to to like rent a space in the station, right for your for your corporate entity, and that way you don't have players that actually own property, but they actually have a a presence in the station, right? It's like yeah, this is my my whatever I I make widgets here, and if you need to transport those things. Like just as part of doing business, right? Like I'm in the widget business and I need to ship those over there. Then you as the player can create a mission to deliver the thing. And if another player doesn't accept it within a timeout, then an AI will get spawned to do it. 
Right. That's exactly what happens right now. Yeah. That's that's the way. So you've been listening to the show. Huh? <laughs> so, I mean, again, I, what I was trying to do is the problems I saw with Jumpgate, how could I address those, right? So ability to craft your own items so you didn't have to, like, wait for the station to build it on its next run. Um, the ability to make your own mission so that um, if you needed something done, you know, before you could kind of, hey, I'll pay you this if you'll bring it here, but there's no system to make sure that once you trade it to me, you get the goods or any of that other stuff. And so instead I just thought I'm just going to make missions and they can be created by players or AI and they can be completed by players or AI. Um, and then the other thing that happens is anytime a mission fails, a route between two stations becomes more or less dangerous, which then creates patrol missions and patrol missions can bring that threat level back down because as the threat level between two stations goes up, the chance of failure of missions along that route also goes up. Do you see what happens when people listen to this show? (laughs) So it's all, it's all, it's all real. Like again, my, my goal is to keep everything real. Nothing is fake. It's all based on what the economy is really doing. And the good news is that stuff's all working. Now, whether it's balanced and the prices are right and stuff, there's still work to do, but all of those systems exist now and are creating missions now and, you can create them yourself and um, you can take them yourself. Like that all works. So uh, that you, stuff is done. You mean a game based around a functional economy? I know, right? My God. Well, but I'm not going to say it like, you know, Eve is the greatest economy ever. And they have economists working on the system. This is much simpler. <laughs> Again, it's, it's those ideas, but you know, in like a casual, fun way that you can just sort of hop in and enjoy. I I think this is great. I mean, Jumpgate's economy was was simpler than Eve's, but it made sense. Like, uh, I don't know, people have made tools based on the, um, I don't know if it's the API that uh, is still running. People have made tools where you could see the supply chain and see where if you want this gun, you need to take this thing to this station to make it happen. So... Yeah, so... So a thing that's great. That would be a thing that would be very interesting, right? Is uh, it, instead of it being, you know, where because they have the whole, Eve has that whole crafting business, and then you have to get blueprints and the, the complexity of that. And and I see it as maybe not that, but if, if and also uh, Eve has like a bajillion things, right? There's there's so many different resources that go into whatever. Right. So, but what would be interesting and, and kind of drive more economic flow is it's not just like go mine an asteroid, bring it back to the base, and then it turns into a gun or whatever, you know, just straight away. But if there, if there were different stations that would take a particular commodity and then convert it into a, a, a thing. That's like a crafting component. Yeah, that, that, that's how I did it. That's yeah, exactly how I did it. So those you, you mine come together. You mine, then, which gives you base like minerals. Minerals are used to com- create components. Components <laughs> are used to create um, equipment like guns and radar and stuff. And then at the top level, um, all of those things come together to build the ship. Like ships are sort of the end of the chain and so i try to build all that at different stations yeah so that that way 
there, there's lots of travel involved in creating that. You can't, yeah, as you say, you can't bring titanium to a station and leave with a gun. Like, there's more steps than that. But I didn't want to make too many steps. So, again, that's the kind of stuff we need to see. I think right now there's like 50 items in the game. Yeah, but the, but what's nice is that drives player interaction because it's it's like, hey, I'm hauling a load of copper to this place that's going to turn it into wire, and you need wire to make your gun, but I need like barrels or batteries or whatever also right. to do these things. Right. So so if you find different people that are hauling different stuff, then it can all end up like you know coming to uh, the main manufacturer thing where it all gets combined into you know so so you'd have to take like get those components which if you wanted to do it solo that that would be fine you might have to go shop at 10 different stations you know and it's like well i have to get these things from here and those things from there but that's the place you got to get them and then you take them to the like if, if you're making a, a weapon then you take it to the weapon station and then they combine it for you. So it's not like you're sitting there like banging a crafting button because ain't nobody likes that. Um, but it's just, you know, like show up with the stuff, pay pay the construction fee, whatever. And then if you wanted to sell that to other players, hey, I already did the trouble. I made the thing. Now, if you want to just buy it straight from me, I'm going to name my price or whatever. So... So that actually would make an economy, right? It's it's like, hey, if, if you get a group of players and they want to coordinate actually delivering stuff and making an item, then absolutely, that's their industry. And yeah, that's what, that. I, that's what I kind of imagine myself, like just thinking about like how I would want to play it is I what I would imagine I would get online with some friends and say like, hey, let's we're getting low on, you know, whatever particular weapon. So let's get some of those going tonight. And so one of us would haul and the others would escort and we would just start go flying around and collecting the components and go build ourselves our stock back up of those particular weapons. For example, like that seems like a very like common gameplay evening. I would imagine would be, yeah resupplying and and again it being an economy based game means everything has to get destroyed when you die and so you'll get you'll get insurance back but the items have to go and so this isn't like a what's the term now a yeah, you loot shooter yeah, yeah. where you're yeah, you, where you're you constantly right you're not you're not constantly getting a little bit better item and their rarity and you're fighting the same guy for the same item that's not this game this game is Items are all items. There's a scarcity of, and so when you die, they get destroyed. And if there aren't any more, you can't get that item back until it's made again. Yeah, but do you want to allow a thing like if I'm a player and I kill a cargo ship, do you want to allow like a certain percentage of those items that were on it to not blow up in the explosion? And there, and that actually gives me some incentive to go. Oh, so pirate. Oh, yeah. So absolutely. So right now, everything drops. Um, it probably shouldn't be everything. And maybe there's, as you say, it's like a, how much damage over zero, <laughs> right? Like if you just barely kill them, maybe a lot of it survives, but if you nuke them, then most of it's gone or something, but yeah, absolutely. The stuff drops into space and you can go pick it up. And so my thought is that the, the, the pirate group that we're calling raid, um, 
sort of broke off from the main corporation, which is Inc. And they have one station that they have control of right now. And so they can actually produce their ships there because that was able to do that. But they don't have any other production capability. And so they they have to steal to continue to build, basically. And so that's how they function is by doing that. And then if the AI resolves the mission, I I just give the stuff to the the pirate station as well. But so if 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 a pirate destroys a cargo mission then and then they get what was ever in the what was ever in the cargo ship. Oh, so if they destroy a cargo ship, they can take the stuff? Yes, absolutely. <laughs> like their trade-off is they can't produce almost anything except for what their station produces. So they they must go rob cargo ships to survive, to exist. Yeah, and it also it leads to a thing of let's say I just want to fly a fighter, right? But how do you make how do you make money in a fighter? Uh, well, I could go out and and like kill enemies and collect their cargo and stuff, but I don't have like a massive cargo base, so I would need a friend that's that's like a uh, a cargo ship, right? Do you remember Independence War Two? You'd go in and fight, and then you'd call your buddy with the cargo sled to come in and actually haul off the loot. Well, that could just be another player or whatever. Um, but the but the other part of that is like if I want to haul stuff and I don't have a big like a truck, right? So I could hire that from an NPC and then the NPC is going to fly that. But I own the crap that's in that. So I have a vested interest that that NPC not die, which means I'm going to escort him in my fighter. So it's like roll your own escort mission. Yeah, you could just let him go do it. But do you want to do that? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, and then an- another thought we had even was um, down the line, it might be interesting if I showed you players that were like transporting your goods and you started to see like success ratios, like these three players are your most sex- successful traders. Well, then maybe you could even flag them or give them bonuses or something like that to like sort of create like another way of like communicating with players based on the success rate of them doing your missions for you. Cause I imagine there's a lot of people who are just going to create missions. Like my goal is that most of the missions are player created, right? Like that the economy is just sort of the base set of missions always going on. But I, I would imagine there's always players who are going to want, stuff different than what the stations want. Right. And so yeah. it would be fun if you knew like, man, these two guys, they're really successful. Or on the other side, these, these three players are always taking out my transports. I'm going to put bounties on their heads and other people can basically bounty hunt those players and then get the bounties that I've created. Well, you know, uh, how are you, how are you going to do as far as visibility on the map? Because, uh, did you did you ever play uh, Allegiance, that old game? Oh yeah, back in the day, right? Yeah. So remember, Allegiance was kind of an RTS, but the units were other humans, and then somebody sat there looking at the big map and was kind of directing the fight, right, and figuring out what the research and stuff was would be. But you wouldn't want like a single person doing that. But if you if you had a thing. Uh, some sort of intelligence network. Let, let's say, like, I can go out and I can drop satellites, 
And if an enemy like flies where my satellite is, then anybody looking at, at the map, if you're parked in a station, let's say, like out in space, you just got your own sensors. But if you're sitting in a station, maybe you're connected to the satellite web that's in that system or within a certain radius, you know, or whatever. And that way there's incentive for players to actually construct and deploy satellites for recon reasons. And then the people that want to sit in the station and just create bounty missions or whatever, um, it, it would, it would almost be like, uh, almost like that's your, your game master role, right. Is, is, is just, like people that are there generating content because they're watching the map and seeing what's going on as well as maybe playing their industrial game. Cause there's a lot of people that just, they would, they would like to sit and play the strategy part and not so much the, you know, flying around shooting things. Right. So yeah, it mean, makes more sense if they, if they are on the station, they're not going to be out there doing the scouting. So it doesn't make sense for them to try to do both roles because you go out there, you drop a satellite. By the time you get back to the station, someone may have already found and destroyed. So right. it doesn't make sense for you to try to do both. <laughs> yeah, but but you could damn sure put a okay. Remember, um, oh gosh, what was what was that? It was an RTS game, um, but you placed bounties out on the map to get your adventurers to go out there and do things. I can't remember the uh, name. Majesty, majesty, yeah, yeah. majesty. Dude, just do it like Majesty. It's like I want a satellite there, and that's worth ten thousand credits. First guy that drops a satellite that could be here, fun. Claims it, right? And then bang, you're generating a mission. Go put a satellite there. Well, you got to go get a satellite. He's not providing it. Maybe so, he would, but so one other thing I should point out um, that Grim Grizz was just talking about in the chat is that one of the things I realized when we were doing this system is we were missing one of one of Jumpgate's big. Things which is also kind of the never-ending battle for space, and so we also have a mode called Conquest, where it's built with these are persistent maps that are you know they're not going to just be beacons where you fly through it and it switches to your team. Like my idea is more like a battle station that has drones and turrets and it has to be taken down and and you know eventually I'd like it to be that you get ship roles to play a bigger part in this where, you know, you have a, you have to have bombers, which carry torpedoes, which are the only things that can damage the shield generators. Like, and you've got steps that you've got to go through. And so you've got to get these things through and eventually you knock this thing down. I think that map might fit more to what you guys are talking about, where you could have people that are like constantly, if you went and put the satellites up, they'd be in this persistent map that would give your team an advantage over basically the, the, anyone who's trying to take it away from you. And, and, yeah, does, and, and then how, they, would, they would have... <clears throat> how does well, Conquest... It, it, one second. How does Conquest affect the economy? Uh, my thought right now is that by owning more of these things, it's going to basically do what Jumpgate did. You get a you get discounts on like the store shop oh. conversions. So the more your faction owns of controls of space, the better the prices you get or the better you... Maybe the closer oh. the sale price is to the other price, so it's a, it's an economic advantage of that. Oh, oh, oh. Okay, I like and then, it. And then my other idea is: so we also added a battle royale because those are just very popular now, um, <laughs> right? And a battle royale is also feeds the economy. Like one of the elements that you get comes from inside of suns. We 
It's a made up thing we call Nexite. And so that stuff comes from the suns and also is used in the economy. So players playing the battle royale is also feeding an object that's needed uh, for construction. Oh, and again, really? like a battle royale is meant to be, it's all fair. It's just about skill. Everybody's ship. Even if your ship looks different, we're going to use the same hit box. Everyone, every ship has the same performance because it's supposed to be an even playing field. Well, conquest, it's not supposed to be even at all. So if there's 20 on one side and one on the other, well, so be it. That's what's there right now. And so one's meant to be like a balanced, you know, prove yourself almost like the simulator kind of was before, like we were doing with that, where the, the, the conquest system is the, you know, that's where you get to show off all your hard work. And I bought these massive ships and we have all this stuff. And if you don't have as good as we do, then sort of too bad. Like nothing's supposed to be fair about it at all. So wait, there's a, there's a mineral, there's a commodity, a mineral that you can only get in the battle Royale. Yeah. So they, so the idea, so when we were talking about how to make a game fast, instead of doing the normal spider web of, of jump points, we decided that our technology is found in the center of stars and it connects them all. And it allows for instantaneous travel between any star. So there, you still have the risk between the star and the station, you know, that you have to travel through space, but inside of these stars is what the warp nexus is. And so the battle Royale actually takes place inside of the star. And it's this big map where it's like, as it's, as the, as the match is going on more and more of the, stars like leaking into it and closing out sections of it and stuff. It should be really spectacular to sort of see it all come together, but that that's where this takes place. And so inside of this, the winners get this element that they can sell. Um, and then that's also fed into the economy. Basically. I dig it. Uh, Grim Grizz over in the chat had a good question. Uh, is there anything for explorers to do in this game? If they want to explore, like maybe find these sectors or something so i thought about that and i think what we're going to do is so basically the idea is that we you can only go to the suns that are sort of currently known we'll probably create a mission that is like a scout mission where you'll actually go out and and place like listening devices and stuff to try to find other stars connected to the network and then that's how we'll, you know, just like in Jumpgate, how we always did like player missions to unlock a new item. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We'll do that same sort of sort of a thing where it's like once we've com- like once we've completed whatever it is, you know, a hundred scans or whatever the number is, then that will unlock a new star and then add a new add new content into the game. Ooh. So I, I I always liked that mechanic where players got to unlock the new items and they had to build the factories and. So I plan on doing, on top of just the economic missions we have now, whenever there's something new to add, we'll have players work together to sort of build and unlock that. Okay, that sounds freaking great. I'm liking everything I'm hearing so far. Just freaking everything. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, a... so it's not junky, but it, it is heavily influenced by it, right? We're trying to do the it, things like... we liked before. It's like it's not Jumpgate, but it is Jumpgate. I mean, the thing about Jumpgate is it was super dependent on other players. Like, Jumpgate's running now. I don't know if you all know this, folks, but Jumpgate is running now. You can play it for free. But the population is so low that it's just 
not super fun. Like it used to be because you had a global chat. I'm I'm wondering if the new game will have anything like that. But you had a global chat where like where you're flying around listening to like a podcast or whatever. Well, there weren't podcasts at the time, but you know what I mean. You're listening to something flying between gates and uh, you're talking to people. Is there going to be, will there be a, a kind of a chat like to talk to people in the new one? Or will you, will the chat be, will the interacting with other players basically, you have a bounty, do this mission with me, that sort of thing? Yeah, so I'm not, I'm not sure on chat because chat can also be so horrible, especially in a free to play game. Um, so mm, one thing point. we're thinking about is, point. you know, in the little hangar area, I've got like this VIP access door. So one of my thoughts is for people who've bought, content in essence paid something to the game you'll be able to go into that room and it'll be like a cool zero g bar <laughs> where you can like Ooh. walk around and see other people and hang out with players and so that'll be sort of like a social hub and then um i'm talking to some different voice people i'm not sure if we want to do our own voice or if we'll just use like discord api or something like that but we'll also probably put you in voice chat with other people while you're in the mission and then probably like we'll want to have the equivalent of like a a a temporary group like a squad that you could form and when you get in the squad you're all in the same voice channel and you can talk and when you're in a squad and you make a mission it automatically pulls your squad mates with you so matchmaking is like instant you know that kind of stuff so we'll probably do those kind of things um, like straightforward stuff like that. Now, how does character progression work? Like, do you unlock a license to get new ships? Do you other levels like in jump gate? Like how does, how does the progression work? Okay. So it's basically, I, I would call it like Gran Turismo is my best example where you had to like, you had to drive this class of cars for long enough until you, sort of unlock the next class. Um, And my fiction behind it is like ink is only going to pay for your insurance. Once you're sort of certified, they believe you're certified kind of to the next level. And then um, once you're sort of unlocked that next tier, then that gets you like better ships, more equipment, um, more difficult uh, sectors of space to travel to Um, all these things sort of unlock with that new tier. Uh, and my plan right now is that that's where that's one of my sort of paywalls to the game. So if you want to keep progressing to higher level tiers, you'll have to pay to access them. That's really not unfair. I mean, it's a free to play game, so you gotta have some kind of monetization model. And that yeah, and I don't, I don't think you can make a subscription game anymore, right? Yeah, and so I was trying yeah. to think of like what's what's. What's an okay way to pay? And so one way you're paying for content, if you want to keep going kind of on the online space, whatever you want to call it, MMO side of things. And the other side is like skins and and vanity stuff for more like the battle royale side of stuff, where if you just want to get in and fight other people and show off your advancement, well, then that's where you, you could buy like fancy skins and stuff. Okay, so if someone gets invested enough that they reach the top of the free tier and they really want to keep playing. So they pay whatever, five, 10 bucks and that unlocks the next tier too. That's what, that's kind of what you're imagining. 
Yeah, that it that it would take. I don't know what how much time it is, but like, let's call it, you know, five hours to complete a tier. <laughs> and you'd go through all those maps, and you'd be doing all that stuff, and then now you've you've unlocked a new tier, and so you pay. I don't know what the number is, five bucks or ten bucks, something like that. Go to the next tier, and now that that sets up a whole new set of of ships that you can buy, of equipment that there you can run, of you know un, some new minerals that can be mined that weren't there before, and so all of that stuff becomes available in this new tier. And also, when you're flying in that tier, you'll only fly against other people of the same tier. Oh, okay, yeah, being pay to win is a very common problem in MMOs because hey once you have you know spent 50 100 bucks you might have a significant advantage over anyone else that's at your level just because they haven't paid well it, so that shouldn't really be the case I mean you tell me if I'm I'm wrong on this but to me the only people who are in tier two and above are people who have paid <laughs> and yeah, yeah. you're only going to be matched up against similar people. And if you're a 10, a tier 10 ship three years from now, you can't go into a tier one section and just wreak havoc on people. Only tier one ships can be in tier one space. Can you, yeah, the, the only problem I, st- sorry, can you like, if I, I want to fly with tier five pilots today, can you do that? So uh, Either the tier five pilots have to get into tier one ships or we'll come up with a way to basically downgrade your tier five ship to be a tier one ship while it's flying in tier one space. I'm not I'm not sure what's the better answer, but it'll be one of those two. How about this? Like you can you can tier up for free, but to tier down costs money. And we call this <laughs> the pay to lose system. <laughs> pay to lose uh... <laughs> It could be like a mentor system. Where- no, I mean, the point is I want people to fly together. And the other thing is um, every like so that let's say we've been out for four years now and everyone's up at the higher tiers. Well, the each tier is dependent on something from its tier below. So there still be demand for tier one items even four years later because they're, they'll be the base of the economy. So it could still be that the best money-making mission to run as a transport is in tier one space today, right? Just There was a shortage of titanium. And so you go back to tier one and you're running titanium for a while because it was kind of slowing down the whole economy and it's paying really well to do so. So I can imagine that you'll still want to play in those other spaces. It's more that you're buying access to these other zones as well. Yeah. I just look at a cautionary note of, splitting the player base because if you only have you know like so much population right let's say um you you start out with the game and it's a it's a moderate low population then if if i pay to get to a higher tier i'm going to be alone so i would want to be there so it kind of takes the incentive out to you know i don't want to separate myself from the rest of the player base but i also don't want to have to deal with people that paid to win so they have a better ship than me right so it i don't know how you can balance that out there 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 might be a way uh along the lines of if you if you take your higher tier ship and you want to go back to a lower tier area you'd have a limitation on what 
uh, what equipment you can bring, how fast your ship can move. Your your ship would be downgraded to uh, to be an equivalent to something that is of that level, of that tier, and you're stuck with that until you move to a higher tier space. Or how about this? If there's a if there's a premium currency, right, and that currency is actually not used to buy things, but to actually influence NPCs. Like if if say I can I can earn this currency in the game, but if I need to if I need to hire NPC truckers to haul stuff, well I I can pay out of pocket for whatever with with whatever I've made in the game. But if I need to exceed that, then you get into like the Eve Plex thing, right? It's like, hey, I need I need an influx of cash here kind of thing. But it's only payable out to NPCs where I would say, okay, you know what? I'm going to throw five bucks in the game and then for a week I can hire like all these trucks to haul all this stuff that otherwise I would have to be finding other players to do or, you know, whatever. So it, it's it's a thing of of like you could have money actually give you enhanced flexibility, but not necessarily an advantage. So rather than build an uh create a mission you could actually do the spanish treasure fleet and you have a set of galleons that you can call in and that's going to be your your major transport yeah but or of course t- there's going to be the inherent risk you know or tear out the types of missions that you can create as a player you know it's like hey if i'm an invested player then i can make a, a wider range of missions or something so then like by the by the time somebody's got you know a, a respectable donation into the game, then they've paid their dues. They have an interest in the game and you can trust them to create interesting content. So I'm going to expose a little better mission tools to you or something. Yeah. I mean, I can really see that. My thought is just, again, because I can only build so much of the game at a time, I was going to basically put the newer and newer features beyond the tier structure. Yeah. Right. So free players sort of get the new zones. It's it, it, like to it's it's kind of like what Eve did for a while. Right. Where you could only play so long for free and then you had to pay or whatever. <laughs> um, so is that do you, do you want to keep that as like a moving target? Like, hey, you know, in the game, free players can get up to like tier nine. If you want to get to the tier 10 content, throw me five bucks. You get to play it early and you come in and beta test it. But then once tier 10 releases to the public, now tier 11 is the beta tier five bucks. Again, you can get, you know, so it's not like I just pay you one time and I get access forever to the thing. But if you want to come play with the new toys, like on each iteration of that, however long your dev cycle is like, maybe that's worth a couple bucks. Because the other thing I thought about too, is doing like also selling, like, I don't know what you would call it. Like, uh, founders edition or something right and that game is 50 bucks and it unlocks tons of tiers in advance right so if you do that you're pretty much going to be able to not pay anything else for a long 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 time and just go all the way through if you want a game where you you know like say star citizen where you're you're paying 60 bucks for this thing and you're not paying a subscription and you can just play that out for long. My problem is I just have to pay for servers somehow. And so I have to make sure that I'm enticing you to pay something to keep playing or I 
can't afford to make the game, basically. <laughs> right? Like, this, like Elite costs money, right? Like, you, it's not free. You have to buy the game first, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. And so, like, that's how they're monetizing. But I don't... My fear is that we're small enough that I won't have enough features to make something worth buying. And so it's better to get you in sooner and sell you something smaller. And then as I have stuff released, I can sell those things too to eventually perhaps be that same amount. Like I'm not looking to, I don't want to have whales and I don't want people that spend $3,500. Like that's, that's not the point. The point is simply that we have some way of monetizing, adding content over time. Right. Yeah, and, and it's like you don't also want to you don't want to make the uh, the other frontier error with like the founders content thing where it's like you get lifetime free everything that comes out and then they find themselves in a bind, right? Because it's like, right. well, yeah, all right, so we we have no incentive to create additional content because yeah, you're already paid. You know, who are gonna sell? <laughs> right. Yeah, and every time they put something out, like Horizons came out, it split the player base. Now you got people that can and can't land on planets. Well, it's not a deal breaker because I don't really need to, but it sure does make the game better. So you're not really neat. landing on planets anyway. They're all kind of yeah, dust, balls dust balls anyway. But but it's a thing. It was it was a little bit divisive. But then a new player coming in, well, they kind of just bundle it all together now. So when I pay like twenty bucks, I just get the whole shot. So the people that paid forty bucks and then another forty bucks. Well, I'm eighty bucks in for what the new guy's getting for twenty. I don't, I don't know about that. So, you know, it, it's I, I don't know. I I could see something that's like a trickle of goodwill versus like a monolithic incremental payment thing like that. I kind of like much, the way that Stardock did it with um, games like Offworld Trading Company. They'll put out the Founders Edition, which is available before launch. You buy that, you get all the fo- the follow-up DLC, whatever it is, for free included. And then they sell it individually for everybody else. But it's not like it splits the player base because it's either you use it or you don't. Uh, if you don't have the, that map, obviously you can't play, but that's they're just map packs. You know, It's not really a big deal to, to buy a $5 map pack or something to that effect. If you got the lifetime edition, it's not available after launch. So the people who did buy in early, they're getting all of that DLC included. Yeah, that, that's why I, w- I was thinking something like I would just include X tiers. <laughs> like you'll get because it, like the, the earlier point, like at some point I need to right because you're going to keep using those servers for years. I need to keep paying for those two years from now. So I need a way of monetizing people sort of over time, and that's why the tiers are our DLC basically. That, well, I mean, you exactly could you could uh, do it like Ubisoft does it with the year one season pass, year two right. season pass, and then whatever yeah. tiers are included within that year, you get all that. Yeah, that's, that's something. Um, like Grim mentioned it in the chat, and it's something. One of the things we talked about earlier was that with the battle royales, you can people seem to like the idea of a season pass that lets you unlock more stuff while it's going on, and so we could do something where if you have the season pass, you also have unlimited access to any tiers. It's interesting. Way to go. So, so as long as you have an active season pass, it's kind of, it's a subscription, right? So as long as you had that thing, you could do any of the content. So like the, the real answer is I don't, I don't know. I have my best guess and we'll start trying it and we'll see, right? If, if no one's buying anything, then we'll change and try some other stuff. If 
some stuff buys, but some stuff never does. Well, you know what I mean? Like the, what's nice about being it's small so early. is we can yeah. change. Yeah. We can yeah. change and, and see what sticks and what doesn't. Yeah. There are a lot of uh, ways to, to make this work. Um, but you got to make the base game work. And so far, even at this very, like, where would you say the game is now? Is this like pre, pre alpha? This is an alpha. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's one of those things where it's like, the first thing we did was get like flying around working. And then I started getting like the basic mission types working. So the economy could work. And at the same time I was writing the economy server and getting that functioning. And so where we are now is sort of like first functional (laughs) where like all the parts work at some level or another, but there's very, very little content, right? Like we only have two ships we um, only have one map that everything takes place in, right? And so we're we're just sort of building that first. It, I just needed it to be enough to be functional so I could see, like, is this fun? You know, should the map take twice as long or half as long? You know, like, do we want to put the ships farther away or closer together? Should it be more ships or less ships? And let's get the controls good and... You know, how long does a fight take and how much damage does this do versus shield recharge rate? So it's all that kind of stuff that we're trying to, like, get a good handle on all of that. And then we have to build, and then we can just start building a lot more of it. Now, you're, you're planning so that, on – sorry, go ahead. Go ahead. Now, you're, you're planning on being on pretty much everything because you're using Unreal. Right. I mean, the point is we – Unreal means we work on everything. Um, it's funny, we got some crazy negative response to the mobile stuff on some of the sites when we announced. She didn't expect it, like, oh, it's a mobile game, well, then it sucks. And it's like, well, no, it's just a game that happens to run on mobile. <laughs> like, there's nothing sort of mobile intrinsic about what we've designed. Like, Yeah, that's really not know, fair. That's, that's really, there's some good mobile games. I mean, where, where does that come from? <laughs> yeah, it's just, I don't know. It was, I, was, I was not expecting it, and so that's one of the negatives we have from yeah, our but, but the thing you can so. point to is, like, Vendetta Online. I was just about to mention right? that, yeah. Which, yeah, it's it's mobile, it's PC, it's great. It's the same experience both places. Right. Like, like there's kind of no reason not to be. Oh, so, there is that stigma of it's on mobile, therefore you're whale hunting. Yeah, just right. don't be that, that association is is just it's prevalent. Yeah, I don't agree with it, but it is prevalent. Yeah, when I, I even ask some of the people, I'm like, "Do you think like like Fortnite or PUBG is the worst game because there's a mobile version, or that they change something about their design, right? Because it's the same, it's the same business model. Everything is the same. And I also like I really like the idea of like the one login thing where. You know, maybe I'm playing on a Nintendo Switch in my living room and then I'm playing on a, you know, decked out VR rig when I'm like have more time. And maybe at lunch I fly a mission on my phone. Like I like the idea that I have one account. The whole game runs on all the platforms. Like I I don't know why I wouldn't want to do that. I guess one thing that, that people look at is control, right? Because if you're if you're playing something on a phone, you're going to have very different control options because you, you know you're not mouse and keyboard or whatever there. And whenever I look at a game like um, like Freelancer or uh, Star Conflict, have you played Star Conflict? I haven't. 
Okay. Uh, should. <laughs> because they're, the way their ships fly and the way your ship flies, it, it's a similar sort of vibe. So, and, and I want to talk to you about flight model, but after this. Um, but yeah, take a look at their game. They do a couple of things right. They do a couple of things wicked wrong, <laughs> which is why I don't play it a lot. Um, but it's uh, it's interesting, though, and it would be informative to the design. Uh, okay. but, but looking at a game, let's just say Freelancer, because I know you're familiar with that. Oh, yeah. uh, Freelancer on a mobile device is going to have a whole different control scheme. So I think people look at a mobile thing and they say, okay, this game is going to get dumbed down because it has to be operable on a mobile device, hmm. which means like all the cool things that I could do with my keyboard, mouse, gamepad are, are going to be out the window because we have to go to lowest common denominator, which is going to be somebody that's just got a little touch screen. That's like six inches. So um, yeah, it, you have to kind of defeat that, but how, how do you make the thing the same experience on a touch device yet allow all those options though? Because it'd be very tough. Yeah. So I guess it's for me, it's the other way around where on mobile, there's just some things you can't do or are harder to do. <laughs> yeah. It is more kind of the direction we went, right? Like, so, um, like someone mentioned it, like mo- most mobile phones have Bluetooth now and most controllers are Bluetooth. And so you can like use an Xbox controller with your mobile if you want to. Um, yeah, it's like, that's how I did. It works great. Like- Go to Amazon. You're you're twenty dollars away from closing the controller gap, no matter right. what device you. Have. Right. So th- that exists, but if you don't want to use a controller, like you can use the sort of s- screen thumb controls, and then there's fire buttons. But obviously, things like multiple strafe directions and stuff like that, you just can't do. Like, there's not enough controls on the on mobile. Yeah. But we're not. I, and I think what you said is helpful for me to hear. We're not doing least common denominator. If you can't do it on the mobile phone, then you just can't do it there. <laughs> but I'm yeah. not going to pull it off all the other platforms because right. you can't do it on mobile. Yeah, and, that, and that's the thing is people think, well, because there's a mobile version, then the whole product suffers. And if you can get that message across that, you know what, the mobile is limited, not, you know, because it's, yeah, it's not like a mobile port. It's yep. it's this game ported to mobile, not the mobile thing ported to the PC. I mean, I'll tell you right. what. Th- I'll tell you what. This game might be the game that gets me to buy a Switch. Seriously. Yeah, Switches should be fantastic because they actually have all the controls and a nice screen, and you can play it on your TV or you can travel with it. Um, I'm actually up. Um, we're 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 applying to them right now. <laughs> I was filling out the forms <laughs> today. I met with. I just met with them at PAX. So. Yeah, there's no reason this won't run fantastic on a on a on a switch. Oh, interesting question. Is there going to be a Patreon for you guys at all? I I would no, probably I'd, kick to that. I'd rather just have like early access <laughs> and have worthwhile stuff to buy in the game. Um, we might we talked about doing like um, because like Amazon is all about merch stuff now. And so we talked about doing some fun stuff with them where maybe we do like shirts or hats or bomber oh, jackets or something I, cool like that. that that you could buy that would support the game basically. Yeah, give me a printed hoodie. I'd buy a printed hoodie, a zip up hoodie with like one of the yeah, games. Yeah, what is the stuff people would want the most? I'd be interested to hear. We could put it up and start and start doing it. I would want a hoodie 
and um, some three D printed chips, probably, uh, and and maybe like a challenge coin. You know, that's what I would want. <laughs> a mug is also a solid idea. Oh, mugs are yes. You cannot go wrong with a mug. That's true. That's yeah. True. You got to go all the way to Hutton to get one now. Oh, Jesus! Sorry, someone just told me my keyboard's loud. I have a mechanic, so it's super loud. That's right. Fuck yeah, you do. Oh, I thought that. I thought that was Brian. No, that's not me. That's <laughs> me. Sorry, I apologize. Okay. Okay. We're all members of the Clicky Club. I, can, okay. I can't bitch about somebody having a loud ass. No, I, I got. I'm sorry. I, what was that? I, I'm so sorry. <laughs> Um, what if you bought? Oh my what God, if you bought stuff happening? that came with like, like would this be valuable? If like we sold a shirt, but it also you got like a skin in the game or something cool. Oh, that'd be like, fun. The only way you could get it with that would well, it's, it's a good tie-in. Yeah. If you buy yeah. the shirt, you, you get the shirt in the game as well. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> I I am not kidding. Like if I buy something physical, I get the avatar of it. As well, so you so know, it's not just Breath like I bought it. So Breath of the Wild for for the Switch, there's like yeah. if you got the DLC, there's actually like a, a red Nintendo Switch shirt that you can like find in the. Not uh, even, I thought I thought you were going to say if you bought the DLC, they actually ship you a motorcycle. That would be. No. Doesn't he get a motorcycle in the DLC, or was I hallucinating? He does. Okay. So what kind of keyboard do you have, Scott? A Razer. Oh, nice. Is it the new one? No, this is like five years old. My kids, my kids are like hardcore PvP like shooter guys. They're both like teenagers, so I get the old ones from them. <laughs> Once they're not good enough anymore. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> I had no idea that was a thing until someone told me that Discord has too much of a lag. Between talking for like serious PvP games, I'm not even kidding. <laughs> like Discord, what? Yeah, so. I don't, I don't play that hardcore of right? uh, FPSs that it would. They, they, they will, they don't like like they both have 144 monitors. They run at the worst settings so that it gets 144. And they're like snobs, and I'm just like I'm pretty oh. happy at 60. <laughs> As someone who just got a 144 monitor, I I've become kind of a snob as well. Like, what do you mean you this doesn't it? run in in 144? <laughs> How dare you? I would want to run your game in 60. What's wrong with you? Yeah, <laughs> fucking monocle. Did, you know? did did you just become like a Dickensian character? I'm <laughs> yes, really yes, I did. Yes, I did. Someone right out of Pride and Prejudice. Absolutely. Please, sir, can I have another monocle? Brian has gone from angry to what's all this then? What what? <laughs> what is all this then? <laughs> come come. You now. never go full Codsworth. <laughs> we've been watching. We've been watching a lot of. Um, it's a show called Midsummer Murders. It's on Netflix. It's a British uh, murder mystery show. It's really darkly funny. But like these little British villages, I swear to God, like you thought Hot Fuzz was violent. The way some of these people die, crimey. But there's all that great British stuff in there. So it's all on Netflix, y'all. 19 seasons well, out. Go watch it. Well, they are like two steps from medieval times, right? So, of course. <laughs> yeah, it's just like, how do you guys get anything done without carrying guns? 
I don't understand that. Anyway. <laughs> like, everyone's just so polite over there, apparently. Um... <laughs> Anyway, back to the game. <laughs> so I want to ask about this flight model business. Sure. Oh, yep. yes. Um, so uh, you have not played Star Conflict, so we can't talk about that. But uh, you've played Elite, and you've played Jumpgate, probably. So I, I like the, I like some of the Elite flight model, right? Like it, it to me that game has the appeal like Microsoft flight simulator or X plane. Like I can get in it. It's actually fun to just tool around in the thing, you know, just the actual um, operation of the vehicle is fun, but there's things that I wish that were going on. Like, yeah, they don't want to have a full Newtonian flight model, right? So they have like uh, compensators that are just always on, you know, unless you, unless you turn the flight assist off, but that's not even really off. It's just different. Um, but the flight assist in that I've played around with it a lot, trying to figure out like what, what's actually going on. So if you turn flight assist off and you pull back on the stick, you get a little bit faster nose rotation, but the thing that you don't get is the like belly thrusters actually kicking on, to push the ship upwards, which when flight assist is on, it does that. It tightens your turn. So you feel more of a Newtonian, like I'm sliding a little bit as, as I turn. Um, but it's, I don't know. It's just not quite there. So I kind of, I kind of want something that, that flies as easily as free space did or not free space. Um, oh my God. The Chris Roberts game. Freelancer. Freelancer. Yeah. There we go. Uh, I want it. I want Can something that controls. Can... Yeah, that guy. Um, the it it controls like freelancer, but it has the the Newtonianness. Maybe not all the way of Jumpgate, but something like uh, like that cinematic Newtonian, like Battlestar Galactica did, right? Where where it's just like yeah, ships have a lot of momentum, but they still stop. You know, and and you don't have like no top speed because no top right. speed means your net code explodes and people are warping around and you have to you know it's like predicting movement. They spend an hour slowing down. And- yeah, so you don't need all that mess. But it it's it is a thing though to have to like think about your docking because I will I will never forget the jump gate thing when i was like in the station i don't know if it was hunter or brian just like rang the station like a gong when they hit the outside and i was just like that's amazing yeah <laughs> it was just like bong and it's like oh well okay because the the game it was hard, it was not trivial to dock right and that's one of the right. funnest things in uh, elite especially for new players is like oh you got to match the rotation and then slide in the dock and then you know, like find the pad that you got to go to, but it's, it's just that, that like Blade Runner feel like you just flew into a neon city kind of thing. Right. And it's a, it, the docks are interesting until you've seen like every variety of it a thousand times and then you're kind of over it and install autopilot. But, uh, it's, it's still, it's, it's a, uh, it's a tactile thing, you know, that, that you have to do. Um, and, and I wouldn't want to lose something like that. But I would like the docking to actually be 
a little more demanding. Like I have to pay attention because the in in elite at this point, I can just like YOLO side slip it right in the dock, you know, at full throttle. It doesn't matter. Um, and I, and I think, yeah, players should be able to get to that point in this game, but it should be a maybe harsher skill curve, right? Like you're going to, you're going to bounce newbies off the outside a little bit. <laughs> right. And that's fine, you know, kind of thing. Or, Hey, you know, you could, you could actually, uh, instead of the, uh, having to buy a docking computer and then you get it free all the time. What if docking actually costs a transaction? You know, it's like, Hey, do you want to dock for a minimal fee or do you want to actually hire the tractor beam to pull you in? Cause you're a noob and you can afford, you know, like a hundred credits to just not have to worry about this or whatever. So know? So if I was to turn the safeties off in Elite Dangerous, could I frame shift drive into an enemy fleet and destroy? Just curious. No, no. I'm asking, I'm asking for a friend. No, no, there's none of that. <laughs> okay. But you could you could ram a Star Destroyer and destroy it. Probably the entire Imperial fleet. Because that's the thing. <laughs> it's a trap. Damn it! Uh, Why didn't they do that with Akbar? That so pisses me off. But anyway, so, so to answer your question, it was something we um, dealt with a lot um, on Evolution. Was this question, um, uh, and I didn't feel like we answered it well. And so one of the things I thought I would do here to answer this better this time was not try to make one flight engine that made, but rather make two flight engines. And so, um, and it's not just like, it's not, it's not just assist. It's simple flying mode. <laughs> mm-hmm. Like, have you guys played like Everspace? Oh yeah. I love right? it. Like simple flying mode, right? Cause it turns out that for a lot of people, anything but that, like just being, just adding the third degree of like up and down is already like mind blowingly complicated. And so my thought is I'm going to have two flight modes. And um, I'm, literally, I, I'm hoping the build goes in today where we're actually testing this. Um, but um, it you won't even match with people who don't pick the same one. Oh, really? right? So you're still in the same universe, but there's basically there's people who fly with one flight mode and there's people who fly with the other. Because I agree with you, like there's some satisfaction in learning how to fly. You felt like validation of your skills. Um but I honestly think that's a small percentage of the player base, but it, whatever it is, it doesn't matter. I'm I'm not going to try to make a middle one. It's kind of like what we were saying earlier today, where if you try to make something that makes everyone happy, you make no one happy. <laughs> yeah. The way that I would approach that though, is I would say you don't want people that can fly. Okay. So if you're using the simple flight model and I'm using the advanced flight model and that gives me an advantage over you, then you don't want people that have the advantage coming into the right. zone where I want to play without that. But that's why you can't I, mix. You can't mix. Well, but I would allow mixing forward, right? Like if, if I'm a player that knows what's going on, but I just want to flip casual mode on because I'm not in combat or whatever, then I, I should have the option to toggle it. But if if I want the option to toggle it on and off, then I'm out in the big pool with you know with the adults but if i want if i want to keep it simple and not have to worry about 
people that are going to fight me that do have it on, then I can stay in the more casual space. The problem is I think the casual flight mode, you would be unstoppable. You like, I don't think people with real physics on could fight you. Oh, okay. So I think it's the other way around. Limit the performance (laughs) of the ship to keep it within the ability of the thrusters to control it. So it's like, well, you can't go too fast. You can't turn too fast. You know, it's like, yeah, that that would still be true. It's just that there's no drag and letting off the throttle slows you down and stops you. Right. Like that's more what it is. Mm -hmm. And so because of that, you could come around on somebody with drag. We should, we'll have to see, right? Like I need to test it. Um, and, you, and if and if you're right and they could still mix, I think that would be better. But my solution is they don't mix. And because we're instanced, it's okay. They don't mix. Yeah. I was just thinking <laughs> you, you let the autopilot handle the lateral thrusters to stop you automatically, right? So it would almost be like hit space to stop. And you hit space and it just puts on the brakes as so fast. So that's as it actually can. what that's actually what it's doing. Like right now, when you let off the throttle, it's pressing the brake. Okay. Um, that is what it's doing. It's just, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll have to see. Like if if you're right and it's and they can both go together, I think that's cool. But right mm-hmm. now, rather than like when I first started writing it, I had a time and you could change it while you were flying in space. But I changed my mind that I think it needs to be more like different experiences yeah. <laughs> you know because the ai needs to be flying the same flight model you are and the transport mm-hmm. needs to be flying in the same model that you are and so it, it's kind of a different game and so i my, my feeling right now is that it's it it's a it's a major switch that you do while you're not in space and you sort of pick the mode you want now we might have a flight assist or something on the realistic more realistic one or something you can turn on or off if that makes sense. But I think the easy mode is so different. I don't know that they can, they can mix. At least that's my, my guess right now. Yeah. I could be wrong. <laughs> so the thing in, in elite that makes me crazy, right. Is when you have the flight assist on, then you're kind of flying on rails. And when you turn the flight assist off, then you have the option. Like I can turn the engines off and just drift. I can, I can yep. flip around backwards and shoot the guy that's chasing me, that kind of thing. Yeah. But which, which is very much like, um, like glide mode in, uh, in the old wing commander games, yep. you, know, you hold the alt key down you can rotate the ship, but then your engines aren't doing anything. Um, which has its disadvantages, right? Cause you're no longer a maneuvering target, but it, I, I don't know. It's it's a, just the. Uh, go ahead. I had a question about mining. So in I don't, I don't want to go off flight engines unless you're done, but that's at a high level. Like that's what I need people to also test. Me find what is that right? Physics, oh. light, yeah. <laughs> space flight that feels good because I felt like jump jump gate felt good. Like I enjoyed it. Jump but gate it felt great. Been too hard. For a lot of people, so oh. so is is the ship flight model? Ba- is it like a blueprint thing, or is it actual code that you had to write to get it in there? Um, no, it's code I wrote, but it's not that complicated. Yeah, jump it does sound like something you switch while you're at a station. So yeah. you're at oh, yeah. a station, you decide what mode you're going to be flying in in the next instance, and then you're flying in that that. Yep, and so is everything else. <laughs> 
So I had a question about mining because okay. I loved I loved mining in Jumpgate. I mean, it's my favorite. I loved orbit mining. Love, love, love it. But I especially loved pure mining. Uh, for folks that don't know, that's any system without a station had one pure commodity, pure mineral asteroid in it, and you had to find it. And it was very valuable, usually, and you got XP for popping it. So might there be anything like that in the new game? So the way, the way mining works is it's two phases. So the first thing is a station says, I need, I don't know, t- titanium. And then, and then it asks, are there any known titanium resources available? Um, and then uh, if there's not, then a prospecting mission is created where you have to go out into an asteroid field and scan to look for that particular material. And then when you complete it, that creates a a prospecting um, uh, item in the station. And then if that exists, then a mining mission can be created from that, like consuming that prospecting uh, mission. And then you can go and mine those asteroids. So it's not, again, because I'm not one giant persistent map, my idea is that you're you're scanning around all over in whichever sector you're in, and you're finding a new series of asteroids that you when you go and you mine them, you mine them out and they're gone. And then another persistence again later would show up with a new asteroid field that you would be able to mine again. Because so you're farming you're, the instance itself, you're not actually depleting something that's on the map. Correct. Right. So the instance is depleted and then and then my sort of map depletion is that's what the that's what the prospecting missions are for. So if there's no known titanium right now, you can't take a mining mission to mine titanium because there's no known titanium in the sector. So someone has to go prospect and find it, which then puts it as, as an available thing, which can then go be mined. Is it like you're going to generate a mission and then it warps you into an instance where Correct. the asteroids are like it is Correct. now? So yep. it's not like I'm going to just roam around and Correct. discover it. Yep. And again, if players don't do any of this, then AI goes and prospects and it finds all of the asteroids for you. So you can go do that. So there wouldn't... There, there could be, we could do special hidden stuff in the asteroids where if you keep looking around, maybe you find something that wasn't supposed to be there. Um, like my thought on, on, so with mining this time, I'm doing all like voxel based. So you have to like dig into the rock and then you find the veins and then you get the ore. So um, m- mining is a more, because again, like the reason we had you orbiting before, doing something active instead of just sitting there, so you mined faster. But then they just got hot because I couldn't. <laughs> my limited programming experience, I didn't know how to like delete and add the things. <laughs> um, so, so is it is it now like you're going to be actually using the the laser to erase voxels out of the asteroid? And yeah, you're literally cutting. You're literally cutting through it and flying nice. inside of it. And, 
trying to find veins and stuff. So it's more active. And then my idea is that like at higher tiers, when it becomes more dangerous, I might put like dangerous things in the asteroid, like gas pockets that if you mine, they pop and stuff like that. So that, again, the idea is that it's active and you're paying attention and you're being careful. Space um, the slugs. Other, the other thing I, was, I did is just like before, when you're near an asteroid, I pull, I remove you from the radar. And so you could dig your rate, like on a pirate mission, if you're trying to pirate a transport, you know, it's coming through, you could cut into asteroids and hide in them. And then they don't know where you are. They can't target you on the map. Can't find you. And so you could sort of wait and jump out on the guy later. Like that's some of the stuff I'm trying to make, make sure works. Yeah. It would be neat if you had to, like, if you had a, um, kind of like objects in space with the MCON levels. So it's like, I need my ship to be quieter. So I'm going to shut stuff off. And then my ship is less visible. And then if you hug up on an asteroid and you shut your shields down and you shut your weapon off, then you're pretty much invisible. But if you power your shields and stuff up, then they're going to see you. So it's like, how, how close do I want to let this guy get before I start booting up my stuff? It's kind of like last starfighter though, you know? Exactly like that. <laughs> nice. <laughs> I've always wanted to do that in a space game, and there just never seems to be like a game where I felt like I could do that in. Like, let me hide in an ash. Yeah, no. Oh, there really- he is. He's on radar. I'm just like, no, I'm. You can't see me. So well, how? Did- so mine's fake. If you're with you, if you're within a certain distance of the asteroid, I just I take you off the radar list. <laughs> So you can hide in there, and you can see me, but I can't see you, basically. Oh, that's real nice. <laughs> so I, I remember it's just because I think so, that would be oh, fun, sorry. and so that's why. Yeah, <laughs> that's something oh, that I want fun. to do. And so, I- no, that's totally fun. Now I remember seeing there's there's different there's like right now there's only a few types of missions. There's mining and prospecting, and patrol. Uh I think those are it, I think. But it looks like you're also going to have recon missions. Like, what are the, what are the yeah, missions I, we're talking about? So right now I have, like, as I was saying before, like, I don't add it in until it's role in the economy. And so there's um, transport, obviously, and, and then its its side missions are basically escort or pirate. But then there's also mine and prospect, and then um, patrol missions show up again. Like if a if a transport is destroyed between whatever station and whatever station, that route its rating goes up or negative, however you want to think about it, gets worse. And so patrols are generated based off of negative rated routes. And then by flying those patrols, it brings the rating back down, which then makes the success rate of when AI flies it change. It doesn't do anything to players, but um, it, it changes the success rate for AI. And so that's how scouts directly tie in. And then we added um, a courier mission, which is basically I'm on station B and I want to go to station A. Well, because the only way you can get things is through a mission, you have to be able to generate a mission. And so you can generate a courier mission, just just fly from B to A, and now you can be on that other station. 
So you can move around from different stations basically by creating a mission that takes yourself there. Correct. Okay. And so those are the missions I have now. And then, like, my next mission was going to be something for the how do you work together to find another star? Like, how do we add a star to the network, basically? And so that's that was going to be some sort of, like, is it a scanning mission? By how we used to, like, scan anomalies or something. Maybe we'll have something similar to that where there's things that need to be scanned or maybe there's data that needs to be collected or whatever it is. And then once it's done, it'll unlock another another star will add basically another system into the game. That's where I was thinking that would come into play. Uh, Maybe that's something that could be done over a series of missions where you have a mission chain of sorts that the community has got to complete before that thing gets added to the network. So you may have to do several scout missions in a row. Then someone else has to go in or maybe in the same group can go in and drop enough uh, uh, beacons in order to sort of chart the the safe route and then you know you may have uh send in some uh some fighters to go in and effectively clear out that area because maybe they found something dangerous and then after all that's through this new area is unlocked yeah i think that's fun so you played that does sound like fun oh yeah okay did you ever mess around with the x-wing versus tie fighter editor the no. Okay. Because uh-huh. um, the the missions that were in Tie Fighter, that whole campaign was a string of text files, basically, um, and it and it was this object will spawn at this spot at this time, and then it has an order to attack, defend whatever that object, and then it has a condition tree. You know, like if uh, leave the battle when, like you know. I'm at 50% hull or my escort targets destroyed or whatever. Right. Um, but it, it gave you the ability that you could take the map and you could, um, you could basically stick some waypoints on there and then write conditions for the different ships that were going to be in the mission. And, you know, like it, it would be like, if the player destroys this ship, then the star destroyer spawns five fighters and their mission is to target the player, right? That that kind of thing. So uh, I would love to see a game that actually exposes a mission designer like that to the higher level players, because at that point you have the players actually creating your content and it's people that are invested in the game who hopefully wouldn't make lame things. That's really awesome. I didn't know it worked that way. That's a really cool. Yeah. Yeah, and like uh, Neverwinter Nights, Cryptic did that with with Neverwinter, uh, where it's actually I think they've taken it out now, but but there and in the Star Trek Online, which I know they've also pulled it out of, um, but they had like players could make any mission in Star Trek Online, and then they would submit it, and there there was like a some oh, sort of the, a uh, they're taking that they out. Yeah, they, that away. Yeah, they did, which which is why you need to put it back, uh, but. But it's the thing of, of like, you could go there and there was a moderation system, right? Like, pl- players would play the mission, vote it up, vote it down, and then, like, the ones that, you know, the cream rose to the top, right? So that's what most people would see. So how would you imagine that in the economy? Like, why would you do that? 
as you see what I'm getting at? Like, would these be things that are like in a simulator that are just fun things you go do that don't really affect anything? Or would um, these be things that would be like, you would say like, okay, I'm making a patrol. And so this would affect things patrols do. And then it becomes a new thing that patrols can choose. So instead of just flying between the waypoints, it's now there's these waypoints, but also these ships on in along the way. And yeah, I think it would be more like a narrative creation tool. Mm -hmm. It it would, you know, PVE definitely. Um, But you wouldn't, you wouldn't want it to be a situation where, a, a player will find like here's the here's the most valuable target. I'm gonna sit like twenty of them in a row and make this mission, and then I can just go out there and kill them. You know, fish in a barrel kind of thing. You you wouldn't want to do that. Um, so I'm not sure exactly how you would control that, but it would be a thing of like if if somebody wanted to just like write a little mini campaign thing in the game, and then other people that played it actually got reward out of that that they could bring back into the game itself. You know, like, hey, I I played this guy's like five mission story thing. It was really cool. Plus, I earned money that I can then use out in the main world, kind of thing. So, I don't know if it 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 would maybe be like a simulator thing because because it sounds like your game's like super heavily instanced out anyway. So, it might work. I don't know. Or maybe it doesn't affect the economy at all. Maybe it's just you create the campaign. And the players can play it, and maybe the person who creates it can get something a little bit out of that based on uh, some factors, like how long the campaign is to play through, was it played to completion, uh, how well did the players do within that, Maybe the and how well they rated it at the end. That might contribute to what the creator gets out of it. That would might be the incentive to create more content. Yeah, because my initial... You know, goes with the economy. Yeah, well, my initial thought on it was like, what is Elite's problem? Elite has a billion stars, nothing to do, right? Or if I take a mission, it'll be like, go to this place on the map and kill this guy. And then I go to that waypoint, and that guy spawns, and he'll spawn in a random ship, and there'll be, you know, zero to five escorting ships that are also random ships that are with him. And they don't do anything. They're just there, you know? So it's like I warp in and we fight, but there's no, there's no complexity. Like in tie fighter, it would be like, you have to go in there and scan those cargo containers. And then once you scan all the cargo containers, that triggers the event where the, the cargo ships come in to steal them. And then while the cargo ships are stealing them, you have to defend the cargo ships because then the enemy fighters are going to come and try to stop them. So it's a scout mission that turns into an escort mission. And then once they're clear, you run, you know, that, that kind of deal. Um, so if you wanted to, if you wanted to put like pirate missions in there, well, that would be a thing, right? So it's like, Hey, I joined the pirate faction. This is the kind of mission that you're going to do like hit and run stuff. Um, or you could have a mission that is like, go into those asteroids, hide, wait for the convoy. And the convoy is a scripted thing that will come in maybe with some randomness to it. So it's not the same all the time, but you as the developer uh, and, and I was thinking about this mainly from like frontiers perspective of frontier has like all these players play in this game, but every time you take a mission, it's the same damn thing. Right. But if you let players contribute like their own custom scripted thing, 
and you get like a hundred different varieties of that intercept this this cargo vessel right so it just draws that mission out of a hat you don't know what you're gonna get so you know it's like oh okay i got a i got a cargo mission i don't know what it's gonna be when i get there it's gonna pull a script out of the hat and that's what i'm gonna deal with so i mean basically what you're saying is you're kind of saying like player created squadron 42 to star citizen yes yeah but i agree that would be fun i mean my hope was that you know, like, so, like, Jumpgate fell into the problem where it was like, okay, people figured out that, like, the best way to to get credits fastest was this run or this particular, you know, scouting mission in this sector was the fastest way to get XP. And then everybody did the same thing over and over and over and over. Right. But then, and so what I'm trying that. to what I'm trying to do what I'm trying to do is instead everything is based on the economy and it's real. And so every day you log in, my hope would be like, you'd have to kind of find out what's, what's the thing today, right? Like, oh, mm-hmm. yesterday was all about running titanium. Okay, well, that's, that's markets dead. It's been everyone's run it out. Like, what are we going to, you know what I mean? And so that mm-hmm. was kind of my goal, at least to start, that would make the game interesting and different every time you come in is because it's based on the economy and what players are doing or not doing. It, the game should be changing all the time. Yeah. So uh, the, the thing that I look at in there, though, you would dodge that because because you are instanced, right? So if you get a mission of go here and mine titanium because titanium's the thing of the day, right? Then you would have some script that is the titanium mining mission, right? That's going to get loaded into the instance. So when the player gets there, it's going to be like, here's these asteroids in this position. These enemies are there. Right. And you're going to probably randomize the enemies or something. Right. But if you but if you let players have an option to handcraft that stuff where you say, okay, yeah, we're going to have some random enemies, but here's like general placement of them and what what they're doing. Like you, you might jump in to do mining and you'll find like other ships that are already mining. They may or may not be hostile to you or you show up and the enemy factions there to ambush you. Or, you know, and there's like a bunch of different things and, and it's just like, you don't know, you, you can't just say, Hey, I'm going to grind this one specific mission because that mission, you know, yeah, I know I'm going to, I'm going to take a titanium mining mission, but the actual content of the titanium mining instance is going to get pulled out of a hat. So you don't know what you're going to get. And, but you know, it's always going to be, it's going to be on topic relevant to the type of mission that it's supposed to be. Right, but, yeah, but that's, that's exactly our. It's exactly our idea, right? You're describing exactly our idea, but it's a cool idea to make it, like as you say, like text driven, <laughs> instead of like something that's in the particular map. Mm-hmm. That would be something that people could edit. It's a pretty interesting idea. Well, and you get the incentive to make it interesting, but not, not like a lame pushover mission. Because the opposing players are going to be drawn from that same pool of missions. So you don't want to give them a lame duck mission either, right? So it's like, make it challenging, make it interesting. You, you know, you're helping to contribute to the health of the game. So make what you want to play, yeah. not make something that's just going to give you free shit. Well, you might not even know what side you're on in that mission. Because it might be that 
it's a titanium mission, you know, titanium mining mission. You get there, and there's already a ship loaded with titanium trying to escape, and you've got to attack it now. Yeah, it's like, oh shit, they already mined it. We got to take it from him or or whatever, right? So yeah. yeah, you don't know what side you're going to be on when you get there. So make it interesting so that it's going to be interesting for both sides. Yeah, but but again, you know, you wouldn't let like every player do this. Maybe this is that premium tier player that you know. Hey, they paid. They have a, a an investment in this game, so therefore they're going to try to contribute to make healthy missions, not dumb shit. So. You know, because they are a paying customer. Like, I gave you ten bucks for the privilege to do this. I'm not going to screw. And have a review system too, because if if people play something and they're like, "That was bullshit," then they can just thumbs down it, and then maybe this, the good stuff will stick around. Maybe this could be a separate thing, like a workshop type thing, where people can make their own little missions and campaigns that people can just play whenever they want, or take on co-op. You know, that doesn't really affect the main game. Yeah. yeah, like like in in the future, you know, like after the show, at some point, I'll I'll show yeah. you the 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 XVT ed, and you can look at that and just be like, just lift that up and drop it. <laughs> you know, it shouldn't be too hard to replicate because it's it's like twenty five year old thing. Well, th- there's a similar thing we did with Quintet, which was we made it so that people who had paid for the game uh, either through the DLC with either DLC would get access to mission scripting and you just make a JSON script. It's uploaded to our site. And then that ends up being part of the game that anyone can access. Uh, it just gets, ends up in the list. And it, once you've made the, the thing and you uploaded it, anyone can access it once they've, once they've actually done it. You but mean, I'm not the first to, person that had a good idea. This must be the internet. it was years ago put that in there yeah anyway it's starting to get a little late we should probably start wrapping it up um so scott when will uh non-beta when will people be able to dive into the early access of this i think you were saying summer yeah my, my plan is summer i mean again i i need to get at least a few more ship types in there I need to get more maps in there, and then I need to get like some of the stuff we we're just talking about now in there. On top of making sure that the controls are good and stuff, and then we'll we'll start that up this summer. And I'll probably start um, PC and mobile just because it's easy to make those builds. <laughs> console goes through like a whole approval process. It takes a long time to get a console build approved, and if we're making changes every other day, that's not really what console wants you to do not so great for early access yeah and so probably i'll just be those to start um and we'll just start growing quickly from there i mean the problem is to test to test pvp let's say we wanted to make missions where we wanted i don't know five versus five like five pirates five escorts and a transport well to have 11 players online and wanting to at the same time, you probably have to have, you know, a thousand players playing your game <laughs> to have 11 of them on at the same moment or whatever. Right? So you start to need some pretty big numbers of people just to get small numbers of tests going. So that's why I'm, that's why I'm planning on as soon as we feel like it's, it's solid and we like how it plays and it, there's no obvious, like, you know, crazy bugs. 
I'd like to go early access as, as quickly as I can. That sounds reasonable. Uh, so I'm sure, I'm sure those of us with copies will be giving you lots of bug reports <laughs> and, uh, and yeah, are you going to do, are you going to do some sort of like, uh, beta testing window where, where you would say like, okay, every Thursday night at eight o'clock for two hours, we're going to, you know, it's like, you can play whenever the server's always up, but if everybody can get together in this window, that that way we all know like everybody shows up at this place yeah. and time, and we're going to do something. Yeah, that's what I think. I, I kind of feel like my my next step is as soon as we feel like, hey, that each mission type actually works really well. There's no obvious like networking or performance bugs. Then I'm probably going to invite I don't know twenty to fifty people into the our little alpha beta test. So where I can at least get enough people in and then we can start doing that like regular, like maybe pick three or four windows that work for everybody. Like one during the day, one at night and one weekend or something like that. I can get everybody in there and sort of once we've proven that that works basically as quickly as that gets all functioning, then, then it's going to be early access. And you could also uh, separate out a build and then just give the testers, the specific testers, that build before pushing it live to everybody else yeah. in early yep. access. Yep, Steam supports that really nicely, actually. Yeah, yeah, it's great. Oh, so how many people is- are on the team doing this? Is it just you or so? Wormbyte is me, another programmer, an artist, and two designers. Okay. Um, and right now. The the two designers are pretty much a hundred percent on wrapping up our other our um, single player game and um, Ashes of Oahu. They're doing that. The artist is probably ninety percent on that other title, and the programmer is probably seventy five percent on that. So um, it, it, right now, it's mostly me doing this with like found an art an outsourcing group that's going to help me start ramping up the art production so we can start getting more ships and maps going basically shortly so it's a really small team <laughs> all right we talked about this ashes of oahu game uh last time it's kind of an openy worldy survivaly fantasy combat thingy which looks really cool yeah i mean it's like i was saying before i like to make games where i get all like i matter in the world and so this is an open world game it's it's very similar to like fallout um or far cry it takes place in hawaii there's tons of dialogue i think they've written over seventy thousand lines of dialogue there's over a hundred different endings um and w- that should be wrapped up May, June, and then the whole team Ooh. can come over onto this and, and be spending more time on this. this that soon, right huh? Is that, yeah, is, it's really like, close. Is, is that going to be on PC? Yes. Oh, good. Okay, I want it. <laughs> I want to pre-order it. Uh, okay. Well, folks, the game is um, Warp Nexus. It should be uh, 
hitting early access in the summer. Right now, it's available to a very small group of testers. And I got to tell you, this is one to keep an eye on because I don't know about y'all, but as I get older, I don't have time to do 18 jump points between here and my destination and then back. I don't got time to do that anymore. It's one of the reasons I don't play Elite anymore. You know, I don't got that kind of time just to well, get yeah, there. And another, another big thing with Elite is like your friend yeah. logs in and they're 50 jumps away. Hey, like, come play with me. Nope, like, I'll be there in about it. two hours. Yeah, so, can't do it unless I've got all day. I, I like the whole. <laughs> I like the whole idea of just like jumping out from a hub and doing something. Yeah, That's and you're and you're always together in the same little squad. That's great. Yeah, we're definitely gonna be making use of that. I'll tell you what. Uh, so, just a couple quick programming notes, folks, before we wrap up. Oh, uh, f- they can, folks. You can find info on the game at warpnexus.com. There's a link to the Discord server and whatnot there. Uh, it's a little bare bones right now, but more information is coming. Just FYI, I just wanted to throw that out there. Um, so on Thursday for our land party, we are going to try the farming and exploration game Garden Pause. That's right, Garden Pause. It's so right? adorable. It is so adorable. I only played the, the beta a while back, and there wasn't much to do, so I'm looking forward to... Um, Diving back in with you to, because uh, apparently there's a lot to do now. And uh, yeah, how yeah how how close to done are they with it? It's not done. It's, done it's out, isn't it? It's no. done, right? It's it's I out. It was, right? I thought it was still early access, like wrapping up. Well, Maybe no, they're... it's it's out of early access, but there's still a lot more they're working on. Like the next major update they're doing is uh, a multiplayer update. Ooh. Oh, cool. Yeah, because I got it for my wife. I was like, hey, we're going to play this together. And then she just like ripped through the content. And it was like, hey, when are we going to play that? She's like, I already did everything. Oh. So I'm hoping that they put some more stuff. There are, there are loads of quests. Uh, oh, good. There are, you have to get through uh, to just multiple days in game in order to get to the next season because during each season, there are more quests to be found. Oh, so if you okay. breeze through in just one season, you haven't seen everything yet. Oh, cool. Right. Yeah, because she's like, hey, I got like a barn. I got like, you know, all nine slots unlocked. I got the store like as big as it'll go. I've got the, you know, like every NPC has run out of things to tell her. So, so yeah, maybe maybe she needs to. Like, there's the There's been advance. a major update about every month. Give or take. That's pretty cool. I keep hoping Staxel gets some update love because mm. that game had potential. It's it's like it's Garden Paws Minecraft kind of, and it's I don't know. There needs to be more to it. Right. And Garden Paws is a team of three though, so I'll give them some slack on that. Yeah, but I'm I'm saying Staxel. Mm. Like, there's more to Garden Paws than there is to Staxel, and Staxel's been out a lot longer. So. Mm. Right. Uh, next week on the podcast, folks, uh, it's going to be an early morning show because we're welcoming back the folks from Team Jolly Roger to talk about uh, Warbital, which is their follow-up to Interplanetary, which, if you don't know, is a planetary solar system orbital artillery game that's really challenging and fun. And What's your uh, favorite Jolly Roger? I like the watermelon <laughs> ones. Uh, those are the strawberry. Um, or am I thinking Starburst? The watermelon Starbursts are the best. Um, and finally, folks, we uh, have revamped the, the Patreon. I kept threatening to do it. Well, I did it. 
Uh, and there are new tiers on the Patreon now where you can directly affect the content that gets made here at Space Game Junkie. There's a tier where you can uh, suggest podcast topics for us to cover. And there's also a tier where you can suggest a game of the week for me and then join me as I record it. We'll do some screen sharing on Discord and we'll play it together. So, uh, so yeah, there, and there's also swag. You can get stickers, you can get a mug. Uh, eventually, I'm going to figure out how to work a shirt in there. I haven't figured that out yet. But yeah, there are definitely new tiers to the Patreon if you'd like to uh, help us pay the bills around here. Uh, so, Scott, and the merch is coming from Teespring. Yeah, merch is coming from Teespring, which is also a thing. Thank you. Uh, teespring.com slash space dash game dash junkie. And if you buy a shirt, you get to actually wear it while you listen to the podcast. <laughs> no, you totally can. Uber fan. And it's not a JPEG. <laughs> oh, God, no, it's a real <laughs> shirt. Uh, Scott, thank you so much for coming on again and talking about your new game. Uh, mm-hmm. I'm super excited about it. Um, and, folks, we have mentioned Jumpgate many times tonight. Again, you can go play Jumpgate for free right now. Some... Some shadow government, I don't know, some people has resurrected it somehow. And it's available at jumpgate-tri.org. So you can go play that for free now. Uh, So definitely go check it out. That's actually still a great game. There really is still nothing like it. Uh, So definitely check that out. So folks, thank you so much for listening and for watching and for all your questions and the chat and everything. And we will see you next week. Have a great night, y'all. Bye-bye. Bye.